Chapter 3 A Divine Person St. Paul is the one who has most clearly expressed the grandeur of our Lord Jesus Christ, His power and His divinity, especially in the first chapters of the Epistles to the Hebrews and to the Colossians. These merit to be reread often. In old days God spoke to our fathers in many ways and by many means through the prophets. Now at last in these times He has spoken to us with a Son to speak for Him, a Son whom He has appointed to inherit all things, just as it was through Him that He created the world of time, a Son who is the radiance of His Father's splendor and the full expression of His being. All creation depends, for its support, on His enabling Word. Now, making atonement for our sins, He has taken His place on high, at the right hand of God's majesty, superior to the angels in that measure in which the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Hebrews 1, 1 1-4 The person in question is indeed the Son. He who atoned for our sins, thus our Lord Jesus Christ, and not the Word only. One cannot make a distinction between our Lord Jesus Christ and the Word. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. There is no other person in Him. Undoubtedly, this is difficult to understand. Herein lies precisely the mystery of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fact that this very person, the person of this man who lived in Palestine, should be the Word of God by whom all things were made. It is this same divine person who assumes a human nature, with a soul which thinks reflects, and wills in a human way, for our Lord was a perfect man. He had then his human soul. His human thoughts were attributed to God because there is no other subject of attribution in our Lord than the Word of God, that is, than God. All the acts accomplished by our Lord, whatever they were, were divine acts because they were attributable to the person. He really possessed all the faculties a man has, and a body, and all his human gifts. St. Paul enlightens us. Did God ever say to one of the angels, Thou art my son, I have begotten thee this day? Psalm 2, 7. And again, He shall find in me a father, and I in him a son. 2 Samuel seven fourteen. Why, when the time comes for bringing his firstborn into the world anew, then, he says, let all the angels of God worship before him. Psalm 96, 7 What does he say of the angels? He will have his angels be like the winds, the servants that wait on him like a flame of fire. Psalm 103, 4 And what of the sun? Thy throne, O God, stands firm for ever and ever. The scepter of thy kingship is a rod that rules true. Thou hast been a friend to right, an enemy to wrong. And God, thy own God, has given thee an unction to bring thee pride as none else of thy fellows. Psalm 44, 7-8 And elsewhere, Lord, thou hast laid the foundation of the earth at its beginning and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They will perish, but thou wilt remain. 
They will all be like a cloak that grows threadbare, and thou wilt lay them aside like a garment, and exchange them for new. But thou art he who never changes. Thy years will not come to an end. Psalm 101, 26-28 Did he ever say to one of the angels, Sit on my right hand, while I make thy enemies a footstool under thy feet? Psalm 109, 1 what are they, all of them, but spirits apt for service, whom he sends out when he, the destined heirs of eternal salvation have need of them? Hebrews 1, 5-14 St. Paul clearly insists on the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, on his perfection, which is infinitely greater than that of the angels, who are clearly only creatures. With our poor human imagination, it seems difficult to realize that the one to whom the apostles spoke, whom the Blessed Virgin carried in her womb and in her arms, that this child Jesus is he by whom all things were made. Placed before the image of the infant Jesus in the crib, some might be moved to say, It is not possible. He could not possibly have created the earth. He was just born. To these, St. Paul gives the reply, He was just born, yes, but his person is a divine person, and this person is God, the Word of God. It is truly the Word of God who is there present in the crib, who assumes this body and soul. It is the Word of God, it is this divine person whom we address. When you speak to someone, you address the person. This person was the Word of God, by whom all was created. How can anyone then say that this person who is the Word of God made man is not Savior, and Priest, and King? The three great attributes that this person gives to this creature of God by the grace of the hypostatic union. Has then any man then the right to be indifferent to the presence of the Word of God in our midst? It is inconceivable. God has willed to come among us. Who then has a right to say, Just let me live my life. I don't need Jesus Christ to live. It is unthinkable, especially since he came to save us from our sins. Consequently, we are all affected because we are all sinners. He came to die on the cross to redeem us from eternal damnation. Can anyone then be disinterested? How can they dare to compare this person who is our Lord Jesus Christ to Mohammed or Buddha or Luther? How can a Catholic who has faith utter such words? How can they even speak of, quote, the religions, all the religions, the cults, as if they were all equal? Pope Pius VII manifested his indignation when presented with the Constitution of France, in which was affirmed the freedom of all the religions. He reacted against the words, quote, all the religions. By these words, they were putting the holy religion of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same level as the heresies and schisms. He was outraged, and he wrote to the Archbishop of Troyes, Go and see the king. Tell him that this is inadmissible for a Catholic monarch, for a king who calls himself Catholic, to allow the freedom of all religions, without distinction. The Pope was indignant, 
this should be the conviction of every Catholic. It is not possible to be a Catholic and not feel outrage when they speak of, quote, all the religions, placing thereby our Lord on a par with Buddha and all the rest. They do not believe that our Lord is God. They do not believe that it is the person of God who is before us. Clearly not. Are there several incarnations of God? In Buddha, in Mohammed, in Luther? No. There is only one in our Lord Jesus Christ. This fact has enormous consequences, and we should sense this in proportion to our belief in the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. What St. John says on this point is very important, as we have seen. It can be summed up in this way. He who affirms that Jesus Christ is God is of God, and he who denies that our Lord Jesus Christ is God is an antichrist. 1 John 2.22 Antichrist, and consequently a devil. St. John, for one, had the faith and he knew how to draw the consequences. It can be wondered today if there are any real Catholics left among those who call themselves Catholic, because everyone finds it natural to speak of freedom of religion and the liberty of worship. Yet, that cannot be conceded, because it is contrary to the dignity of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will accuse you of being intolerant. How many Catholics think the same thing? even in our own Catholic families. If you affirm there is only one true religion, the religion of our Lord Jesus Christ, and all the others come from the devil, that they are of the Antichrist because they deny the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, they will accuse you of being intolerant. So you want to go back to the Middle Ages, they will sneer. No, we only want to restore what is. Our Lord is King. The day when he comes suddenly in majesty upon the clouds of heaven, they will say, Ah, indeed, he is king. We did not believe it was possible. Yes, our Lord is king, and he will be the only one. There shall be none beside him. People are not able to convince themselves of it. They are infected by liberalism, by the secularism that affects many. Our Lord Jesus Christ is no longer ascribed his true place. His reign must be established on the earth as in heaven. It is he himself who said so in the prayer that he taught us, the Our Father. Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This must be the object of our prayers the intention of our sufferings, and the purpose of our life. We must have no rest until our Lord's reign is established. A Catholic whose heart is not animated by this profound desire is not a Catholic. He is not one of the faithful of our Lord Jesus Christ. It suffices to reread these lines. Now at last in these times he has spoken to us with a son to speak for him, a son whom he has appointed to inherit all things, just as it was through him that he created this world of time. Hebrews 1, 2 It is Jesus Christ, God, by whom all things were created. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are together the creator of the world. 
It is by the Word that the Father created the world in the Holy Ghost. It is not necessary to have recourse to apologetics or to cite exhaustively all the proofs of the divinity and the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. What we need most of all for our spiritual life is to affirm our faith and not to prove it because it reposes upon the authority of God on the words of our Lord. We have perhaps too much of a tendency to rationalize our faith to find proofs. Undoubtedly, our faith is reasonable and there are valid motives for believing. But we have the faith. It is by faith that we believe in God our Lord and we must affirm this faith.